Fa la 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 la. Tis the season to be jolly. I don't know the words, but da da da. Well, there. If you just listened to my horrible singing voice, I'm happy to announce that this is the Christmas spectacular episode with my best friend from Instagram. That statement sounds so new age generation, but my best friend, Kaylee in the kitchen, Kaylee Walters. She's a true gem of a human. We were supposed to have an episode out before this that better explained our friendship, but alas, I have not yet edited it, and I felt it was more important to get this Christmas spectacular out in time for the holiday spirit, so here we are. Now, to work backwards, since you might not know the backstory of Kaylee and I, unless you are one of three people that know it, (laughs) we really have a fun history. I mean, I think she started following me. And she would comment on my stuff and message me, and I didn't know who she was. I was still kind of skeptical of this whole social media thing. So then after some time, I decided to follow her back because I did like her photography. So then we kept talking, and I realized, like, wow, she's a pretty she's a pretty cool chick. Like, I have a lot in common. So then I was going to L.A., well, like, California. And she's like, hey, we should meet up and get gluten-free donuts And I was like, heck to the yes, I haven't had gluten-free donuts in years. Well, I've never had a gluten-free donut, so yeah, I was very excited. Anywho, I got out there, we eventually met up at Cafe Gratitude, yes, and I mean, we just talked for hours, like, they almost probably kicked us out of there, because we just kept talking and talking, and, you know, I didn't know how old she was the entire time we were talking, I would later find out Kaylee, like, forgive me for forgetting, but she's either 21 or 22. I think she's turning 22. I'm a horrible friend. I'm sorry. But anyway, so it was kind of fun because I'm just meeting this kind of stranger from social media, but also friend in Cafe Gratitude. And I didn't know, like, how old she was. And I didn't know anything about her, but we just sat there and talked and talked and talked. And I mean, in typical Emily fashion, I just shared, like, my entire life with her, and she shared a lot of hers, and then we walked around, and we ate ice cream, even though it was freezing out, and I mean, I just, I felt by the end of the, like, day that I had met my West Coast, like, doppelganger. She just seemed like a cooler version of me, and so then, what happened? So then I came home, and it was, like, a month later, and I don't know, somehow we ended up planning a trip to Austin, Texas together, so we went there, and we stayed together, and met our other friend Casey, and I mean, it was just a blast, and so ever since then, we've just been, I mean, she's my best friend, I call her my, like, West Coast soul sister, because I've never met somebody who just connects with me so well, and so I, of course, had to have her on the podcast, and of course, we both love Christmas, So, we had to create this Christmas Spectacular, and in it, we discuss so much stuff. I mean, you'll hear us discuss everything from the great debate of the best Christmas cookie to what reindeer is like our spirit animal. (laughs) I like that part. Uh, You'll hear me play my favorite Christmas music in there, and then we talk about some more serious things because we have to have a bit of both, you know? So, we talk about sustainable Christmas and buying gifts for others and making gifts for others. We talk about how traditions can change, how to navigate feelings of, you know, loneliness, sadness, frustration around the holidays, and just how to how to get through the holidays if you've had, you know, experience with disordered eating, any of that hard stuff. I mean, I think everyone could take something away from this, whether you're looking for a laugh or a serious convo. And I just, I think we have a very great chemistry, so I thought it was one of my better podcast episodes, because we're just shooting it. I mean, we just talk about whatever comes up. So, if you like Christmas, and you like a good laugh, and you like Christmas, (laughs) no, honestly, just everybody, please go listen. I'm done now. Oh, well, you can find Kaylee on Instagram at Kaylee in the Kitchen. You can find me at Thrive underscore on life or at Emily Feichels. I'm still debating at this time what I change it to, or maybe I've already changed it. I don't really know because I record these in advance. So find me at either place. I'll have them linked below, and I think that's about it. So without further ado, let's go. To start off today's episode, we have my dear friend Kaylee back for a Christmas special. 
And so Kaylee, you say hi, and then we're going to jump into Christmas rapid fire questions. Alrighty. Hey guys, I'm ready to get in the Christmas spirit. (laughs) Cue the Christmas music. Okay. So the first one, what is your favorite Christmas cookie? Oh my gosh. Um, Pfeffernus cookies. Oh my gosh. They're German like ginger cookie with um, powdered sugar on top. Hands down favorite. I've never heard of that. Mine is a very specific cookie that my aunt used to make. It's like a secret recipe that I don't know where, like, I have no clue where it is. And they're just the most amazing sugar cookies I've ever had. Sugar cookies are, yeah, like, classic. They're so good. Yeah. And, like, she made the special icing, and she would use certain cookie cutters. And, I mean, they're hands down really my favorite. I love that there's like a family connection to that. That makes it even more Christmassy. I know, but yeah, so those are my favorite. Okay, and now you go first, but what is your favorite Christmas song? Okay, can I have two? Yes, yes, because I have two. <laughs> okay, perfect, because I can't choose. Okay, so um, a newer one is A Christmas Waltz. It's like, that's obviously an old song, but the version is by Leslie Odom Jr. And it's so jazzy and Christmassy. It's so good. And then um, my second favorite one is Cool Yule by Louis Armstrong. Another jazzy one, but I just love jazzy Christmas music. <laughs> no, me too. I think it's 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 a vibe. Like something yeah. about that jazz, it like takes me back to when Christmas was like, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well, mine aren't that cool, but they're very specific. Okay. So baby, it's cold outside, but only the elf edition. Oh my gosh. With Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. Yes. Only that one. Uh Only that one. And then my other favorite one is, I might butcher the name, but I'm actually going to play it. It's Meli, Meli Kaliki Maka. And it's- Oh my gosh. Yes. Ready? I'm going to play it. It's getting there. So that's mine. <laughs> Grandma loved that song so much. Like when, co- wait, oh my gosh, I don't even know what your radio stations are. Like, do you have Coast 103.5? No. Oh my gosh. This is so, this is like one of the really cool things about having a friend <laughs> on the other side of the country because I didn't even realize. So here in California, Coast 103.5 is like the station to listen to Christmas music. And like November 13th, basically, it's, that's usually around the time they start playing Christmas music. It's purely Christmas music 24 hours a day. And oh. every time Malikalikimaka comes on, me and my grandma, like, love it so much. I love that because it randomly came on my Spotify last Christmas and yeah. I was hooked but like nobody else oh you're okay. sorry <laughs> nobody else knows of it and my brother does not like it at all so mm-hmm. at least someone else appreciates it. Good. Okay so the next question it might require a bit more thought but <laughs> what are your thoughts on Santa Claus? <laughs> oh my gosh wow did you believe in him as a kid like what age did you no longer believe in him yeah I did believe in Santa Claus as a kid um I stopped believing in him probably when I was like I want to say like nine and I remember I had a very very deep existential crisis when I started realizing that I didn't believe in Santa Claus anymore like once I knew that he didn't exist I was like oh my gosh like my childhood is over and I was like nine years old and I remember asking my older cousin I was like his name's Gus I was like Gus do you do you believe in Santa Claus and he like totally tried playing it off like he did because obviously I was nine and whatever but I just knew that he was bluffing for me like for my sake and it really really hurt me when I knew that he wasn't real anymore but I didn't have any of those like funny stories where it's like I see my parents or anything like that. It's just, I straight up, it just like clicked one day. I'm like nine years old in my Christmas jammies. And I was like, 
you guys fooled me this whole time. <laughs> and that's, like, that's it. I know I'm similar. I wish I had a funny story, but same thing. Like, I just remember one day or, you know, one time when it came to the holidays, I was like, oh, Santa's not real. But I had a younger brother, so I had to keep, like, playing it off. Mm-hmm. And I think that made it easier because I, like, instead of just not having anything to believe in, I was like, okay, well, now I've got to make sure he still believes in Santa. So yeah. I would, like, I kind of took over the role of, like, you know, all the Santa things. So it was, like, that helped me not be so upset about the fact that Santa doesn't exist. Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> I know. Hope there's no kids watching this. <laughs> um, there's – or so I have a little brother, too, but he's my half-brother. Um, but he has – he hasn't like woken up at my house on Christmas in years and years and years. Like I I don't even know if he actually ever has. And so I'd only have to play that like, Oh, Santa still exists role for like a very short part of my Christmas season. And so I didn't get the same experience that you did, but I'm glad that he helped like prolong that <laughs> for you. But as for like what I think about Santa, I don't have like, I don't know. Some people make it very like political and I, I don't, I don't know. I think it's fun. Like, I think I'll lie to my kids one day <laughs> and tell them that Santa exists just because it's funny. No, oh, me too. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking of it that way. I just wanted to hear your Santa Claus story, but I yeah. do know people who are like very big on, they take it so seriously. And I'm like, yeah. Santa Claus is just a magical man. Let's just yeah. let the kids have him. <laughs> Just, like, I don't know. He carries – I feel like, obviously, it's super stereotypical, but Santa really does carry the Christmas spirit with him, you know? You see the red hat and, like, the, the rosy red cheeks, and you just feel <laughs> more jolly inside. <laughs> you can't not love Christmas when you see Santa Claus. A hundred. I mean, who, who could resist him? <laughs> That's so true. Well, on that note, what, okay, this is the last one and it relates to Santa, but if you could be one reindeer, which would you choose? This is like a personality test. I feel like I'd be foolish to not say dancer. (laughs) (laughs) I really do feel like dancer would be the one that I would be just because I dance. I am one. (laughs) You are a dancer. (laughs) Yeah. What about you? What would you be? Uh, well, to be honest, I forget most of their names, but I would probably say Dasher, not because that's the first name I thought of, but because of the fact that I'm always dashing everywhere. I mean, true, you're a woman on a mission all the time. I'm just like dashing here and dashing there and dashing everywhere. So <laughs> true. So okay, well, that is settled. The Great Christmas Debate. And I hope everyone's feeling very Christmassy with this conversation. And hopefully it got you thinking. This is some very deep inner thoughts going on here that everyone needs to think of. So, okay. So then on to the more serious note, but fun. I wanted to ask you because I feel like this would actually be like a strong suit of yours. What's a good way to gift people things And not necessarily materialistic things, but that show that you really care. So like more heartfelt gifts or personalized, like, I feel like you would be a very good gift giver. Oh, I feel like that's a really good compliment. So it is. Um, (laughs) I, okay, so I used to not be a good gift giver. And that was because I always had very high expectations of what I wanted to give people. And then I couldn't follow through. And that's mainly because, I mean, as like a middle schooler, a high schooler, like, and I didn't have the finances to actually do or give what I wanted to, it was just really hard. Um, But then once I started working, like right after I quit my college dance team and I got a job and everything, I started taking gift giving like to another level. I was like, okay, my money is partially for you guys. Like, I don't know. I even posted on my Instagram stories a couple of weeks ago that every time it's, or like for the past few years, every time it starts to be November, I start thinking like, okay, a portion of my money needs to be going to either saving for gifts or it needs to go to 
actually buying gifts. Like if I see something that I want to buy for myself, it's like, okay, well, is there something that I could buy for somebody else instead? Like to kind of not put it off till the last minute. Um, but yeah, so that's like a huge tip that I have in the first place is just like start thinking about it as soon as possible. Um, but in terms of what I actually gift people, I feel like it comes from an extreme place of like observation. So with my mom or my dad, for example, they're like most parents are super, super selfless. So, and I by no means come from a place of like wealth or luxury or anything like that. And I mean, I'm super blessed to live the life that I do and to have the home that I have and everything, but it's not like my family has a lot of money. Like we have a lot of struggles and everything like that. And so me and my siblings have just always been my parents' priority. And so they don't buy themselves things hardly ever. Like a majority of my mom's closet is my hand-me-downs. So it's like when I'm going through my closet and like every so often and I see things that it's like, oh, this is maybe a little too nice to just like donate to Goodwill. Like I want it to go somewhere that I know someone's going to immediately use it and like love it. Um, it just goes straight to my mom and I love seeing her wear the stuff that I wear. And with my dad, he'll, he goes through like the same pair of shoes for like an entire year and then kind of hopes that he can pay for a new pair or something. So for them, it comes from like observing the places that they really need something in. So my dad will say stuff like when he wakes up about, oh my gosh, my pillows are so flat. Or like, I'll notice that when he's like putting his shoes on in the morning before he goes to work, that the soles are starting to wear, or like the insole of it is coming out. Or like with my mom, she'll ask me like, oh, can I borrow your perfume today? Or something like that because she's running out. And so I try to keep track of those things. And then, um, I do the same pretty much with my friends too. Like one of my friends, she loves candles as much as I do. And whenever I'm at her house, if I notice that her candles are like pretty much burnt out, like there's no a lot of wax left in it. It's like, okay, I know that when I'm in a place where they have good candles, I know the sense that she likes, I want to get her one to replace it because she's like running low or something. Or um, for people that it's harder to do material stuff for, um, I like doing experiences. So like with my grandma the past few years, I realized that she's just not an easy person to gift for because she buys the stuff that she needs or the stuff that she wants, like most adults do, you know? Like you get to that certain age where it's like, well, if I wanted this, I would just get it for myself. And she's just like every other adult where she does that. And so a couple of years ago, I decided that I was like, okay, I'm not going to buy you pointless things anymore that I'm like stretching to think that you'd like. And I just want to buy something that we could do together. So like, um, one year we went, I got her tickets and we went to go see the Nutcracker, like a professional performance of the Nutcracker. That was like two years ago. And then, um, last year we did, I got her like, I basically, I got her a promise of like, movie tickets of like we can go to the movies and do whatever and so we went and we saw the like live action nutcracker last year at the movies and like we've gone and seen other movies and stuff like that so with her I do more experiential stuff um which I feel like is kind of in a way selfish because it's super awesome that I get to spend time with my grandma like that um and that's like a huge motivation so it's really fun for me to take her to do stuff like that, stuff that she wouldn't normally do because we both get to spend time together, but she also gets to have fun and it's like, she didn't pay for it. So yeah, those are like my tips. I just kind of keep track of what people need, um, to make sure that I'm not just like buying them a sweater that's going to sit in their drawer forever or like doing something that maybe they wouldn't think of doing, but I know that they'd enjoy because I feel like experiences are almost more valuable than a sweater if I know that she would buy the sweater on her own, you know? A hundred percent. And I mean, we know how similar we are <laughs> in every other aspect of life. And this is yet another one because it's just, I don't know, we're both, you know, we observe the world around us very much so. And I'm the same way of just, it's like I keep a mental 
list of, okay, dad was complaining about this last week. Like, I should, you know, I can look into getting him a new one. And, oh, like, I know his shoes are going on, you know, a year and a half, two years old, and he almost yeah. slipped in them. Like, he better get some new ones. Yeah, like, same things. And, you know, with my brother, he's at an age where he doesn't, I mean, he's such a good kid. <laughs> he doesn't want anything. I'm like, what do you want? And he, he wants nothing. So, this year I got them like football tickets and oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And I just think it's like so neat when you can, you know, and sometimes you do need to get them materialistic things. Like my dad yeah. needs new shoes this year. So he's getting yeah. new shoes. Same. Yeah. <laughs> and a new pillow. That was so funny. You said that because it's the same here. <laughs> yeah. um, but then I also am trying to think of more you know, like more unique gifts, like the football tickets. And I have a few more things that I'm, debating right now and I don't know I think it's fun like you get creative and no one's ever expecting those gifts like they're not expecting to open an envelope and see tickets to this or yeah and and you know if money's tight and you can't get tickets or an experience thing I like Mm -hmm. what you said about the promise so a few years ago my brother and I uh you know we were kids and we didn't have finances of our own so Mm -hmm. we made my dad um a little like it was like a, a little booklet and it had kind of like the idea of you said like promises of like, we'll do, you know, there were like things that we would help with around the house. Like we'll do this, this, and this, and then experiences that we wanted to have with him. Like we said, like, we want to, you know, go on a hike with you sometime. Like, and I don't know, like there's, there's other ways you can do things too without, you know, if, if finances are tight, but yeah, I like the idea of just kind of like thinking outside the box and what do yeah. they really need or really want? Yeah. Cause I, I know too, like on the end of receiving gifts, I'm at the point in my life, especially from a, like, I guess more of a minimalistic sustainable mindset of where it's like, man, I just, I didn't need another random like face soap or something like I didn't want to use this face soap, whatever and like not that I'm trying to not be grateful but it's like I would be equally as happy if like a gift that I was was receiving was like oh like want to go out and get like tea or something together whereas it's like I'd rather spend time with people than get something that I'm not going to need or like use. And I just, I try to approach it with the same mindset for other people. Like when I'm giving them stuff is I know that, I mean, I'm literally going to be that mom one day where it's like socks, (laughs) you needed socks. Here they are. And my kids are going to hate me, but it's like, I just feel like in the long run, especially for my parents and stuff, doing stuff like that, it kind of takes it alleviates some of the pressure of the day, like the day-to-day things of where it's like every night my dad goes to sleep and is like, oh my gosh, my pillow sucks, my pillow sucks, my pillow sucks. And then he wakes up on Christmas and has a new pillow and (laughs) doesn't have to worry about it anymore, you know? And so, yeah. No, I agree. And you hit it, you know, when you were beginning that spur of talk right there about coming from a more sustainable, minimalistic view. I'm similar in that you know, I would rather receive nothing at all than the, you know, <laughs> new sweatshirt from my aunt for the fifth year in a row. Like, I appreciate it. You know, I'm not going to be unappreciative of it, but it's at a point now where it's like, I, I don't need any more sweatshirts. And, you know, if if I could just have something like an experience or whatnot, that would definitely be better. But I am curious, like, how how do you make the holidays more sustainable? So we already talked about, you know, gift giving. Sometimes you do experiences instead of materialistic goods. But are there any tips you do around the holidays just to be more sustainable, minimalistic, etc.? Um ooh, that's a good question. I think the biggest thing is kind of around the idea of buying in itself. Like, you can buy stuff off of Amazon, or you can go into the store and buy it, and I mean, by all means, I use Amazon, and sometimes I use it more than I need to, and I don't know, I think around the holidays, I think around the holidays, it's just kind of important to be more mindful of the fact that there's probably, like, 
5 billion other people out there buying from Amazon and using all of these boxes that are filled with little styrofoam, like popcorn ball things and wrapped in bubble wrap and like paper and all that stuff. And I think, yeah, I, I don't know. Like if there's the option to buy something in the store, I personally would rather do that rather than going in, buying it online and having it sent to me in a box that's giganto that doesn't need to like be, it doesn't need to be in that. Um, yeah. That's also like the idea of even if you can buy from like a a source, you know, instead Mm -hmm. of a big retailer. So it's like, Uh, yeah, if you can get earrings off of Etsy, I mean, their packaging is minimalist because they don't want to spend any more money than they have to on their shipping. True. So true. And they're homemade and you're supporting an actual person, not just like a big company. So that also plays in there, I think too. Mm -hmm. I, I really do love that idea as well. Um, I think small businesses are like, I love that we're in a generation where small businesses are so popular and where it's almost trendy to run a business or whatever it may be. Um, Because one, I think it's really cool to see that it's largely run by women. Like all of these women are coming up out of the shadows and like (laughs) putting their creativity into the world and selling it. Um, But I also like the idea because I get to see it from kind of a behind the scenes perspective as well because one of my best friends she has a calligraphy business and I see her for the past three years that she's been doing it I think I've seen her like really really build this business from the ground up and do everything and it's so cool because all of the work and the time that she puts into all of these products that she's selling and it's cool because she's selling them all over like Orange County all over where we live and all that stuff um all the work that she's putting into it is the money that she then gets to buy presents for her family. And like, that really is her income. Like it's how she manages to make holidays happen for her and for her family. Um, So that's a huge motivation to, to buy from small businesses is it's like, well, not only do I want to buy something from you for my family, but I want to buy something from you so that you can then buy for your family, you know? Um, But yeah, so I do really support that idea of like smaller businesses. Um, And I think that like in the long run, buying something from a smaller business, it's almost you're kind of forced to be more intentional because there's so much more like honed in on one specific thing, like whether it's a skincare product or like a specific like earring like a type whatever the style is you know like you almost have to find the item that fits the person and it's really hard to do that and I I don't know I just feel like there's more thought that goes into it rather than just going to urbanoutfitters.com and being like oh these earrings are pretty cute and they're twelve dollars I'll buy them and then it's like yeah but any girl could wear these earrings you know but it's like when you go onto someone's Etsy or like if you're in, I don't know, a boutique and they have one of those little sections that it's like, oh, like this maker or whatever, like created this stuff. Um, And then you see something, it's cool seeing little small items like that. And it's like, oh, this reminds me of like my grandma or my cousin or someone. And yeah, it's just, I think there's more intention behind it, which is really cool. Yeah. And on the same note of intention, I think it makes you more intentional with your money because yeah, for sure. I, I know. I mean, even in everyday purchasing, I could, you know, I used to go on American Eagle and I would just, you know, add things without thought because you could get a lot more for, you know, a certain amount of money. Yeah. Um, you know, now we know how damaging that is to the environment. And, you know, some people, like, sometimes you still have to. Like, mm-hmm. I, for the life of me, cannot find pants that fit from, I actually just did. Okay. That's a lie. I just found sweatpants from Outdoor Voices mm-hmm. that are amazing. I've worn them four days in a row and have yet to wash them. Oh, yes. I have those same ones. I know. We're twins. We have to wear them on our next trip. <laughs> we should. But, like, I still have to get my jeans from American Eagle just because 
I can't find a brand yet. But okay, side uh, side rant aside. But what I was trying to say is that you know, especially around the holidays, like you know, you might spend a bit more on mm-hmm. this one pair of earrings. But I think in the long run, yeah, like you are being more intentional because you're like, do I really want to spend my money on these ones? And I just think you know, if if the price is a bit higher or you're buying them from someplace new, like you just put more thought into it and more intention. Yes. And I feel like something that's cool about being more intentional with what you're buying is it takes away the, like the weird pressure of someone opening your gift. You know how it will, I mean, at least for me, it's like, I used to be afraid when someone was opening my gift and I would almost become apologetic of like, oh, I hope you like it, or, like, I'm sorry it wasn't this, or I'm sorry, blah, 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 or whatever it is, and I notice that I don't really feel that way anymore, almost because I've, I've, like, gone through such a process of showing that I love this person by just getting this gift for them in general, that it's, like, oh, I hope that more than anything, they just feel the love that, like, went into this, rather than, like, whatever it is, you know, like, even if it was, like, a little dish or something like that, it's like, oh my gosh, I hope you know that I really, really thought about this, and I thought that you would enjoy this, or that, like, you would, I don't know, that it would fit your style or something like that, and I, I just hope you know that it wasn't just something that I thought was cute, and that, like, I could get for you just to say that I got you a gift, like, I wanted this for you, and so I think that it's, I don't know, being intentional, like, it puts more love into it, just makes it more Christmassy. More warm and cozy. <laughs> no, I agree, it does. It, like, releases that tension, because you're like, you know what? I like this. I got it for you. <laughs> you're gonna yeah. like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, on, like, the topic of gift giving, and just, I mean, that is the biggest tradition associated, I think, with Christmas. I, you know, we discussed this before that we wanted to discuss this on this episode, but I think it's interesting how, and you you were the one to bring this up to me, how as we grow, holidays change so much. I mean, everybody experiences the transition from childhood to being a teenager to being an adult and just all the changes that come with the holiday spirit and people and then throw in, you know, any sort of family issues or pain or grief or big transitions, you know, in your personal life, and it gets even more chaotic. So I'm just curious, like, what have you experienced as far as those feelings that come with the transitions, you know, from childhood to where you are now in the holiday season? So this is this is like a hard pill to swallow. I feel like once you get to the point where you kind of realize that the holidays are not going to be what they used to be, that's like one of the biggest pills to swallow because there's so much um, almost like innocence, I think, that comes with like, the holiday season when you're a kid and then when you start to grow up and like maybe find like your family dynamic changes or like financial situations change or just life in general like as your priorities shift it just it feels so different and it almost could lose the sense of like the Christmas spirit and like, the jolliness and just, like, the love and everything that's going around, if you don't work through it in a healthy way or, like, you don't face it for what it is. And um, I guess the biggest way that I've, like, realized myself having to deal with this is, be like, because of my family dynamic changing. So growing up, I had huge family Christmases, like huge family holidays where my entire extended family was at one house. So it's like my grandma and, well, my great grandma and then all of her kids. So there was like four kids, which were my grandma and her siblings, and then 
all of the grandparents' kids and then all of their kids. And there was like probably 50 of us at one house. And that was only on my dad's side. And then like the same thing kind of happened on my mom's side. And so my parents are split up. Um, but I would have not only one huge holiday, but I'd have two. And so my holidays were like usually two days long and usually filled with a million people. <laughs> and it was the funnest thing as a little kid because you see all of your cousins that you haven't seen in so long and you're just running amok and having a huge feast with all of these people that you love and it's super amazing. And then growing up and having that change sucked. Like it, it really did. As families, like as members of my family started to get older and started going through health things and as I started to lose people in my life, it just it started like to suck more and more. Um, I had like, my great aunt had um, very, very bad Alzheimer's for like eight years and that develops quickly. And then it just like prolongs as this nightmare. And so starting, it was, that was like one of the, the first things that eased me, not eased me, the first things that like transitioned me into an adult holiday life, I guess, where it's like I knew at every holiday there was probably going to be some sort of like tantrum or some sort of issue like because of her Alzheimer's. Um, And then like more things started happening where like family, like different extended families would like split up or like if my dad he was dating this one girl for a really like this one lady for a really long time and they broke up and so then I stopped seeing her at family holidays which was weird and then my cousins moved like one of my cousin families moved across the world and so then they weren't going to be at all the holidays anymore and um like members of my family on my mom's side started passing away and they were all older really anyway. But, um, as I don't know, just like it all kind of like domino affected. And I think as life does, I mean, you start realizing like once you go through the first like big traumatic thing in life, you kind of realize like, Oh, that wasn't the only one. There's going to be more. Um, and so as a kid, it was hard to realize like, oh, so now at every single Christmas, we're going to have to deal with this sort of tension or this sort of awkwardness or this sort of like almost heartbreak in a sense of, I know that it's not going to be as easy as it was. Um, but then as I started to get older and I started to mature and develop more um, like concrete relationships with my family rather than just the like, oh, she's, like, a little kid, that sort of relationship, Um, I regained my love for the holidays, and just as I kind of matured as my own person, and I was like, oh, it's not about the gifts that I get, it's not about, like, incidentally, it's also not about the gifts that I give, Um, it's not about what we're eating, or how much we're eating, or where we're eating, or who's here, it's just about, like, making the most of what we can with what we have so it's like some holidays will do like Mexican food at my house and it's like so laid back and it's just like go with the flow there's not much going on we'll do like a small gift exchange within like just my household and like our neighbors will sometimes come over and then some holidays it's like my cousins will be here from Germany and like my mom's side of the family from Wyoming will be over here too. And so some of them are still kind of big. Um, But then, yeah, some of them are still small, but I think just learning to cope with what I've got helps it. I don't know. It just helps it still feel like a really, really good holiday to me because yeah, I'm not going to have my grandpa walking around in a Santa costume anymore, or like we're not going to have these huge like, gift exchanges with all of the little cousins or whatnot and like maybe I won't even see my cousins this holiday or maybe I won't even see my brother this holiday like I've gone multiple big big holidays without seeing my little brother because my brother lives in Georgia now and 
I think that in order to not let it be like, to not let myself be the Scrooge of the holidays and being like, oh, I just wish it were like when I was seven years old and everything were so fun and so like corny Christmas and my whole family was here. Just being present and taking in what it is, like taking it in for what it is makes all the difference. So that's my TED talk. (laughs) No, that was beautiful. Oh my gosh. And I feel so much of that as I'm sure, you know, a lot of people do. And it's, it's like the idea of forming a new tradition that almost like evolves every year. And yeah, I mean, similar to you, we used to have, you know, I mean, on my mom's side, the family, my grandpa has this huge house and he'd have a wood fire going and it'd be snowing outside and he'd have this like 10 foot tall Christmas tree and there'd be like 50 of us there. Yeah. Like kids running everywhere and Santa costumes and huge gifts. And, you know, over time that slowly dwindled. And then, um, you know, and then we lost my mom and that was like huge because she was, it was like Christmas was, it wasn't like Christmas centered around her, but it was like, she made Christmas Christmas because like she did the gift buying and she did the decorating. And so, you know, when we lost her, I just remember you know, it was, well, the first year there was nothing we could do. I mean, it was, she passed away nine or eight days before Christmas. And it was just, uh, (laughs) it's just a mess. Like there's nothing to do. But I remember, you know, that was that Christmas day was one of the most horrible days of my life just because it hit home. Yeah. But I remember like promising myself that I would never again, like let a holiday be ruined by that because I saw how it affected my brother and I saw how it affected my dad. So I I took it upon myself. I was like, I've got to make a new tradition. Like, because like something needs to drive this holiday spirit around here. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, like you said, it's, it's kind of like once one domino falls, they just all keep falling. And so then once I finally got a, you know, good tradition going uh, with my dad's side of the family, I had an aunt, you know, and we'd have the whole family up at my grandma's house. And it was just so fun because that was our Christmas Eve. And we would just get lost in the holiday spirit. And my aunt would be running around with, you know, making a huge feast. And there were gifts all over the floor. And it was just so, like you said, jolly and bright. And then, um, and then she passed away. And I mean, you know, that was, five years after my mom. And I just remember it felt like the rug being pulled out from under me. So I'm like, are you kidding? Like again, (laughs) like we've got to do this whole thing over again. And, and it wasn't, and it was so much more than just losing her though, because like you said, it's, it's part of the holidays. Like she was the one that made those cookies. And when she went the cookies, like the recipe went with her. So it's like, it was just like those little things that would remind you like, oh yeah, like she's not here. Like her cookies aren't here. Mm-hmm. And it was just, and then my cousin, like similar to yours, he moved to Rome, Italy. And so we lost him. And then we had some more family move away. And then my grandma, you know, she's 96 and she's, she's just not there. I mean, you know, she lives there, but she's mentally checking out and it is hard. But like you said, I think it's about just saying like, I'm not letting this ruin my holidays. And that's like what it's come down to is that I've started to appreciate like the little things. So I love cooking for people. So for me, I view like the whole Christmas season as a way for me to just like, you know, I just cook a feast and I make dozens of cookies and I'm like, everybody eat until you're stuffed. Like we have lots of cookies here. And I just, I find that I'm happiest when I'm watching those around me be happy. Yeah. So yeah. I I had to quit like thinking about how much life sucked losing those, you know, two women in my life. And instead I just was like, you know what? I've got to make these other people happy. Cause then that's when I get happy. Like I feed off of other people. <laughs> so once they're happy with the Christmas cookies and the music and, you know, I give in, you know, we have music going like, I don't know. So yeah, for me, it's been about turning everything around so that 
it's like creating a good environment for the holiday spirit. Like, yeah. I don't know, but it's, it's tricky because, you know, whether you lose somebody or you go through divorce or people are moving across the world or across the country, or, you know, maybe it's your first year, you know, away from home or whatever the circumstance, like it's hard, but I think it is the idea of like, you know, you have to create like a new tradition and just step outside of yourself. Like, yeah, get get high off of the happiness around you. I mean, you know, most times there's a lot of Christmas joy that you can just absorb. Like, walk through the Chris grocery store and like soak up the holiday spirit. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. No, I I totally I'm right there with you in saying that you like thrive off of the people that you love really enjoying the holiday. Um, because I feel like it just makes such a huge difference. Like I would rather do whatever I can in my power to make the people around me enjoy the holiday as well, rather than just trying to like, like soak it all into myself and be like, okay, I'm going to, get in my Christmas jammies. I'm going to watch these Christmas movies by myself. I'm going to like just kind of go off on my own, like and isolate myself. Like maybe because that's almost initially what I feel like I want to do. But in reality, it's like the more we build up our environment to enjoy the holiday, the easier it is to enjoy because there are so many other people around us who are like, when they are in the holiday spirit, they want the same for you too. And so it's just like the positive energy just, it really does feed off of everyone else. And I told my dad this morning, cause we have a weird thing going on for Thanksgiving in our family this year where, I don't know, there's like just weird like tension going on. And so we don't really know what's going to be happening or if we're going to have Thanksgiving with our family. Um, and I said this morning, I was like, dad, if you let me, I'll just make an entire feast for us. And he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so I'll make a feast for two. And that's how we'll do it this year. Like, but it's, I mean, I'm sure that that's not going to be what happens because I know that my family really does love being together, but just even the idea of like, okay, even if I did have to do this all on my own, and it was just to be with just me and my dad, I would still love it so much because I knew that I did my part trying to make a holiday that he's going to enjoy and just like making sure that I could do that for him would then, it would just like bring so much joy out of me, you know? And so, yeah, I, I'm right there with you on that one for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's just like, I feel whenever you feel you know, any sort of, I don't like to label emotions, but you know, if you're feeling confused or frustrated, angry, upset, sad, like around anything, the worst thing you can do is to, you know, stew in it and just be, you know, self-absorbed in a sense of, you know, like why me, this sucks. Like, so it's like, instead of just thinking about how all these changes have affected you, which is fine. Like you should acknowledge that, but instead of like stewing in those feelings of like, wow, I like, I hate this. I don't like that. Yada, yada, this. It's like, instead just saying like, okay, you know, I'm sad, but I'm going to do whatever I can to, you know, make sure that the other people in said situation don't feel as sad as I do. <laughs> and then, like you said, it just like grows from there. So yeah, I think it's we nailed like it. <laughs> the idea of when you fake a smile and it's like, after a while, you actually start being happy because like the like whatever it is the science of our bodies just thinks that we're happy because we're smiling it's almost like that of like well if i create this holiday like if i do everything in my physical ability to create this holiday to be a good one i'm probably going to end up having a good one yeah because i mean who's going to be sad and crying when you have like christmas music jamming and christmas cookies baking and you know, lights on the tree and like, it's like fake it till you make it. (laughs) Be in the Christmas spirit until you start to feel it come on. I don't know. Maybe I'm just in a Christmas aficionado, but 
I think it's, I think it's like you're onto something with the smile thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm so that person where like, I'd rather be all out than the person that's like, it's too early for Christmas music. Like, no, whatever it takes for me to enjoy Christmas. And especially because I'm that person that's like, why is Christmas one day? Like, <laughs> let's make it all of December at least. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're going to celebrate all of December and we're going to keep our tree up and our lights up and we're going to celebrate this to the full extent. I'm going to watch every movie that I can. And not because I'm like trying to be lame, but I just, I love the season so much and I want to soak it all in. I'd rather not be the Scrooge that's like, I don't know, like yeah. this is my Christmas sweater. And it's like, <laughs> they're wearing that shirt that literally says this is my Christmas sweater and like, it's black. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll not be that person. <laughs> No, never. (laughs) Well, another thing that I just thought of and I wanted to bring up with you is like, so I know, you know, I think both of us have grown to a point where this doesn't affect us as much, but I know people in my personal life and that I've seen on Instagram that struggle with this immensely. And that's just with overcoming like all the troubles of disordered eating and like you know, just all those thoughts that come into our minds around the holidays. So Mm -hmm. like, I'll give an example of, you know, I remember probably three, four years in a row where it was right after I lost my mom. So I wasn't in the best place. And that was when, you know, my disordered eating was at its peak. And I remember being excited for the holidays, like, you know, so excited. (laughs) And then it would come to be Christmas day or, you know, right before Christmas. And I would just be filled with such panic because I I just felt like I was either going to miss out because I wasn't going to let myself enjoy any of the holiday foods, or I felt like I was going to lose control. And like, either way, I just, I mean, I feel like it ruined a good three Christmas eves, Christmas days, Christmas parties with family. Yeah. I was so obsessed with the food or with trying to work out or like any of that. So like, how would you say you approach that now? Like that you've, cause we've both had a couple years, you know, of this yeah. and experience. So how, how do you approach under that? our belts? Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, I think that my biggest tool, so I've been going to counseling now for over a year for specifically disordered eating and exercise addiction and all of that. Um, and my, honestly, like after having gone through that and having that be an entirely like world shifting experience for me is the idea of remembering how awful those Christmases were for me and how much I hated it. Like, when the first year that things were, like, really, really rough for me, it started around, like, October, um, and that Christmas was really, really hard for me, um, because I was just kind of diving headfirst into really, really bad thoughts and, um, like, confusion of what it is to be healthy. Like, a lot of people, unfortunately, go through the beginning phase of their quote-unquote health journey thinking that it needs to be all or nothing um and that if it's not all then it is nothing like if I'm eating every single meal of the day out of my week that's perfect but then I eat a cookie I'm I did nothing like I I didn't eat healthy at all this week um and that yeah, that Christmas, I remember I was in my church's choir because I I always did it for like Christmas and Easter and everything. Um, We were at one of the rehearsals because for our Christmas services there, there's like six of them. And so there's all of these rehearsals that lead up to it because it's one of the biggest, um, it was one of the biggest seasons or services of the year. Um, we'd have huge like potlucks where everyone would just bring all of these like goodies and stuff, all these foods. And it would just be sitting in the green room in the back or like backstage. And so throughout the day, throughout these 
like six hour long rehearsals and stuff we just go back and grab stuff and then we'd sit and eat dinner together and everything and I remember that year I ate a piece of peanut butter fudge and this one lady brought peanut butter fudge and normal fudge every single year and I've always loved this stuff and one piece was fine and like whatever I was like oh yeah that was really good and it like didn't really tip me over the edge and then um a little bit later I had a second piece and then when everyone went back on stage to start rehearsing again I started crying like I didn't go back out and I started crying and I remember one of my friends asking me like what was wrong because like she came back and found me she was like it was like it's just fudge and like we had talked about this the other day actually about like how crazy is it that I'm not that way anymore that I've overcome that really, really tough time. And she was like, yeah, like I didn't even know that that was what was happening then because I I was just so confused. Like it really was just like two pieces of fudge. And in my head, like I said, it was all or nothing. And at that point, because I thought that I ate too much sugar and like too much treats, whatever, um, it was like, nothing to me and like I did something wrong and I felt like really guilty because of it and so now anytime I anytime any thought comes into my head of like oh I can't have this because it's too much sugar or there's like ingredients I don't like or I don't want to go on this trip because I won't be able to work out or I don't want to hang out with my friends in the morning because it means that I can't go to the gym or whatever it is I just think about how awful that Christmas was for me and how much I wish that I didn't remember that Christmas as the Christmas where I cried over fudge because that's not what Christmas was about you know like that's not that's not the true spirit of the season and I know that that like there were better things that happened in that Christmas but unfortunately the only thing that stands out to me from that year now at this point is the fact that that fudge was the death of me. <laughs> and like, so I think going into a season where, yeah, you're probably going to be exposed to foods that maybe scare you and maybe don't have the ingredients that you love, or maybe you're going to be eating more. It's maybe snowing, so you can't work out, or your body just doesn't want to work out. I think just approaching it knowing you're going to enjoy it more if you let yourself rest, if you let yourself enjoy the things you want to enjoy, rather than if you force yourself into this state of thinking that you are bad, that you're doing something wrong because you're eating the things that you really do want to eat or because you're not working out when you probably don't really want to work out. And just not having a rigid mindset about it. Like you're not, honestly, even though I wish we could be, we're not exposed to Christmas cookies year round. <laughs> like it doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know, in a couple of weeks, all of the holiday food is gone. And then you're right back to going through the motion of the rest of the year until holidays come back around. And I promise you, you're not going to want to look back at your holidays and think about how stressed out you were, that you didn't go on as many runs, you didn't do as many HIIT workouts that you wanted to do, that you ate too many, like, cinnamon rolls, whatever it is, and just enjoy the stuff you want to enjoy, and know that it's temporary. Like, there's nothing to be rigid about. Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, it was probably three Christmases where it was, it was like the week leading up to it. I was mm-hmm. so hard on myself. Cause I was like, I know I'm, I know I'm going to eat stuff that I don't want to eat on Christmas Eve. So it's like, it's like, you're trying to make up for something. And I mean, now we all know how much stress affects the body. I was like, I can't imagine what my poor body was going through, but mm-hmm. yeah. And then the funny thing is I'd put all this time, all this thought into how am I going to, you know, make it through this holidays without, you know, it was like that all or nothing mindset. And then, you know, no joke, the day after Christmas for like each one of those three years, I would just wind up like almost crying because I'm like, it it would dawn on me, you know, I'd have like a moment of clarity of like, what am I doing? Like, I just 
you know, all that prep for Christmas, all those cookies I baked, like my aunt's special cookies. And like, I, I only let myself eat one. And then I, you know, I was upset about it the rest of the night. Like, what did I do? And I mean, yeah, I mean, that went on for like three years until finally, you know, I, I was coming out of that. And I just remember we were up at my grandma's and I heard those like old thoughts come in. And I just, I, it was like, I looked them straight in the eyes and I just challenged it. And I just let myself eat whatever I wanted that night. Like mm-hmm. I had, I had so many cookies. I'm telling you right now, I had <laughs> so many cookies and fudge and chocolate covered pretzels. Oh, the best. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you know what? I went to bed with a mom. I was about to say that those are my weakness, but I don't even want to say they're my weakness. Those are my strength. They are I my strength. Pretzels. <laughs> Sorry. They fuel me through the holiday spirit. No. For real. Yeah. And you know, like that first year I might've gone a little gun ho and had a mild stomach ache, but you know what? I was happy as a clam. I woke yeah. up that next morning and I had sugar cookies for breakfast. And I remember like, for, yeah. And then, you know what? I had them after lunch, God damn it. And then I had them with dinner and I just kept going. And ever since that year, it's like once I faced that challenge, mm-hmm. it was, then it was like, I was able to work through it. And yeah. So, I mean, my Christmas Eve dinner is practically like 80% cookies and then maybe like the stew or whatever else we make. Like I, I go, I go big on Christmas. Like it's a yeah. holiday season. Like you said, I mean, it's not like every day I'm eating tons of cookies. And even if you are like, so what, but yeah. it's about like remembering, like, this is a once a year event. I mean, somebody decided that Christmas could only be like one day. Mm-hmm. So I have to make the most of it. Like, I don't yeah. know. It's just, and like you said, remembering like to just soak it all in and yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Another thing that also I feel like I maybe want to mention in case someone else out there needs like a more tangible (laughs) is I people on like YouTube helped me a lot. And I'm not talking about the girls who did like what I eat in a day videos. Like do not watch those. I promise you do not watch those. But there's this one girl. um, She's I don't know. I think she's from the UK. Her name's Natasha Ocean. Yes. Yeah. She, she's done videos where it's like, I don't know, she'll stop training for a week or for whatever, or like she'll eat whatever it is for a week. And she, she like started school for her like doctorate or something like that in like kinesiology. I don't even know. Don't quote me on it, but she started a higher level of education for this sort of stuff. So she's like super interested in the actual science behind everything. And so in doing those challenges, it's not just like, oh, look, I'm a little more bloated or whatever it is. Like she goes into the science of stuff and every single time it's always, there's always the positives of her not working out for a week or for however long it is. Or there's always the positive of her like going on vacation and eating everything that she wanted to eat and like not thinking twice about it or not feeling guilty about it um and all of the positives are things like she ended up when she started working out again she had so much more energy and started doing like she was just performing better or when after like she came back from vacation she realized that it literally like nothing changed about her like she didn't look any different and so she just has like tangible like a tangible visual way for me to see like, oh yeah, everything that I'm stressing about is not, it's not long-term at all. And the thing that is long-term is apparently looking back on holidays and recognizing the things that we thought were going to be long-term. You know, like eating fudge isn't going to kill me, but looking back in at the time when I thought eating fudge was going to kill me is the thing that stuck with me. It's not even the fudge, you know? And so, yeah, for anyone who needs a video or a couple that like really do point out truth in whatever it is that you might be struggling with, I suggest to watch her videos. And I suggest to not watch anyone else's videos that (laughs) suggest what to eat or how to stay healthy during the holidays or anything that's not based around intuition. Don't watch it. Don't listen to it because 
you know your body more than anyone else does. And I can promise you that no program, no like workout program, no healthy eating program can teach you more about yourself than you can. Yeah. Nobody fall victim to diet culture this time of year. No, I honestly get scared because I know like how bad it gets. And I, I just like, I fear for people. I'm like, don't yeah. fall into the like holiday diet culture and the new year diet culture. Like, ah, yeah. Just everybody go watch Natasha's videos and mm-hmm. You know, Natasha, if you want to come on the podcast. <laughs> no, seriously. Haley and I's life come true. So <laughs> we'll put that yeah. out there. <laughs> I think that it's like important. Just protect your protect yourself by going into the holiday setting aware that other people are probably victim to diet culture too. Because I know like personally it's it's hard for me to go into situations where I know people are gonna say things like oh my gosh, I'm going to regret this tomorrow, or there's so many calories, or whatever it is, whenever there's that diet culture talk, I know that formerly that was something that was really triggering to me, but now I'm in a place where it's like, okay, I know that odds are people are going to be talking like this, but I also know that that's so not true, and so brush it off, know that it might happen, but know that you know what's really true, and you know what's best for yourself, um, and know that Christmas is extremely, extremely good when you're not adding stress to it. Like, just eat cookies if you want. <laughs> Let's, uh, we'll have that be our motto of this episode. Eat the cookies <laughs> and <laughs> enjoy. Well, let's wish everyone a Merry Christmas. And yeah. I'm just so excited. We're recording this in November. But I'm releasing it mid-December, and I'm just in the Christmas spirit. And I hope everyone that listens to this, like, puts on some music and goes and bakes some cookies and eats them. Gosh darn it. (laughs) We should set, like, a a holiday baking party across social media. Like, at the same time, everyone has to put on music and bake together. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wouldn't that be so fun? (laughs) Yeah. After we end this episode, let's plan. (laughs) I will. I hope you're officially in the Christmas spirit. I know that after recording that and then after editing it and then after listening to it when it released, well, I mean, this is projecting into the future because I haven't listened to it when it released yet, but you know what I mean. I'm just as jolly as can be. I mean, I'm ready for old Saint Nick to come to my door and leave some presents. (laughs) No, I'm joking. But I am ready for Christmas cookies and snow and singing Michael Buble and all that fun stuff that comes with the season. So I hope this made you smile. I hope it made you laugh. And if you're feeling some of that hard stuff we discussed, I hope it makes you feel less alone. You can always find us, message us. We love connecting with people. We're both big talkers. And I feel like we're both those type of people that we just want to hug everyone that comes to us with like an issue because we just love helping people. So find Kaylee at Kaylee in the kitchen on Instagram. Find me at Thrive on Life or at Emily Feigles. I might have changed my name by now. I might not have. I'm still debating. We'll see. And as always, you can leave a rate review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I appreciate you and Merry Christmas.